You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One, two, three, uh. My baby don't mess around because she loves me so and this I know for sure. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg. This morning, it's Eric Slaughter in for Mr. Crenshaw. Uh, taking some well-deserved morning time off, but he's going to be at it throughout the day today with Corky Kell. Getting ready in about an hour or so to kick off down there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mr. Crenshaw's calling some of the games. But the reason he's not here is because uh, a show that we have been waiting to debut debuted last night. Uh, I could not be prouder and happier to have this guy as my partner and, and how he has become the preeminent voice for high school football, and in a lot of cases high school sports, in this state. And it is a, a gradual progression of letting people know, not only in the industry, but listeners, that Sam Crenshaw is the go-to guy. And just like he has supported me for the things that I do and had the opportunity as far as movies and commercials and things like that, that he promotes in a way that I think sometimes borders on embarrassing. I am not going to shrink. Not, I'm going to do the same for him. And I could not have been prouder about that show last night. Chris Parker, Sam Crenshaw, the anchors, the high school scoreboard show, uh, Garrett, Day Day, um, and, and our producer, Eric Slaughter, correspondents fanned out throughout the city, giving you everything you need to know as far as high school football, not only – games what updates injuries if they happen whatever you need to know and by the way rain or shine because there was a whole lot of oh, rain yeah. last yes, night there was okay but yet they all did a great job and one of the signature features of that show is a segment called school days and every week sam and chris are going to speak to a big name athlete and, and in this case jamal lewis not talking about tennis days in tennessee playing with peyton manning there for a year or his time at baltimore or his time at the browns no, it's all about his time here playing high school football at Frederick Douglass High School. He was their first guest last night. But, but, did- but, but, but before we call to that, yeah, it's the what top of missing? the hour, sir. Oh, and we say to you, good morning, Georgia. Good morning. And you're going to have to save your nugget, but a special good morning to you fine folks in Ackworth which I know a little bit about, but save it yeah. because we got to get to the interview. If you didn't hear it last night and uh, Mr. Crenshaw will be with us again tomorrow. We'll probably play it again then too, but want to give you a nugget from last night's high school, school, high school football scoreboard show. This is last night's school day segment. Jamal Lewis joining us. And Jamal, welcome to the high school scoreboard show. They didn't have a show like this when you were in high school. I know, I know. I'm a little jealous, man. There's a lot more rocking right now. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Great, great, great to have you on. I don't know if you heard what Chris Parker had to say. He was a, a, going to Alabama at the time. 
uh, when you were at Tennessee, and I don't think that uh, Alabama was able to beat you. Didn't no, you? I said we didn't even tackle him. Didn't tackle him. We, no, we didn't even bother getting <laughs> close to beating him. So I said we have to stick to high school subjects because, you know, I'm traumatized from the, that. But, Jamal, appreciate you joining us. Talk a little bit about your days at Douglas High School. What a great time that was. Oh, man, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, you know, I had a great great group of coaches, man, and um, it was a good time, you know, there. Uh, at the time, we had a, you know, a thriving football team, a new football coach, and, you know, came in and, and um, you know, really built a good good program, you know. Um, so, happy I, happy I ended up joining at that time, and, um, you know, we put together a good squad, and a lot of good memories that we all, you know, still talk about today. Uh, when I think of Douglas, I think of you guys playing at one place, out of Lakewood Stadium. And uh, I was minding Chris for the longest time. Lakewood was the only place outside of maybe Georgia Tech that had turf. Everybody has had natural grass. Now, I don't know how much you enjoy playing on that turf out of Lakewood. I heard different stories about that thing. Uh, how, how, how was that? What kind of memories you got from that turf out there at Lakewood? Oh man, well the turf was a whole different story. You know, it was uh <laughs> you know, we had that real astro turf. Yeah. So and honestly it was all we knew, you know, and it looked good. Um I just know at, at Douglas we practiced on dirt. So, you know, going from dirt to turf, it was all right. You know what I mean? So we had an upgrade uh when we had game day. So that was uh that was the good part. But um but yeah, remember I got a lot of strawberries and a lot of a lot of uh, uh, wounds and cherries from 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 playing, you know, at Lakewood Stadium. Yeah, wasn't that field turf they play on now, Sam? No, that, that was a little different. Yeah, no, it's, it's called field turf now. <laughs> you know, it was astro turf back then. <laughs> Jamal, what's the what's the single what's the single uh, greatest moment you can remember from those days? What comes to mind as the best memory from playing high school football? The best memory um, would be us playing Southwest Cab at Lakewood Stadium uh, my sophomore year uh, when we actually beat them the same year that they went on to win the championship with Quincy Carter. I think that was probably the biggest and the brightest moment that pretty much all of us remember because we, um, you know, we always went out to win. Um, you know, the city of Atlanta wasn't much of competition for us. So we had to compete pretty much outside in the, you know, the the um, the Cab County system, and that's where um, that's where uh, um, the Cab, you know, played. So that was probably one of the biggest games I can remember, and probably a lot of my teammates can probably say the same thing because that was a big game. Uh, we we won. I think it was at it was at Memorial Stadium actually, and um, I think that was probably one of the biggest moments. I think in our our history, you know, yeah. at 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 Douglas High School, going to play on Memorial Drive, that's always pretty special. I mean, Lakewood's a special place. Memorial Drive's a place right. that's a pretty special place to go out there and get a win too, wasn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely, it was. And um, you know, Lakewood is just a great stadium, man. Um, you know, it's a big stadium. Uh, it was always great to go out there with the lights and you know playing against our rivalry, especially in Mays. Um, and, you know, the Washingtons and, you know, those schools because that's an APS, APS stadium, you know. So it was always great to get a win out there. I tell my kids nowadays that, hey, look, you know, Dad made a lot of memories out here, you know, uh, when we do visit that stadium. But, um, but yeah, it'll be uh, – it's good. And, 
you know, looking forward to the upcoming season and looking forward to tomorrow night action. Yeah, talk about tomorrow night. Uh, and it's been a while since uh, since Douglas and Mays has played, and it's got a lot of interest. I hear a lot of folks are coming out, maybe some – I don't know if there's any wagering going on, but I understand a lot of other trash talk has started already between the two communities. Good natured, though, because the communities kind of border each other. You know, thoughts about the fact those two communities getting to come together tomorrow. Oh, yeah, it's a great thing. Uh, it's a great, great, great camaraderie uh, amongst teams, but a great, you know, competition. competition. You know, Mays and Doug always competed. Uh, we weren't too far away from each other, but at the same time, you always had that talent, you know. I, I just remember, even even in the the little league, you know, you had, uh, you know, you had Mays, which was for the Ben Hill area, right? And you know, they always had the talent, and we always competed from 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 recreation all the way up through middle school, all the way to high school. So tomorrow is is a big game, and you know, it's a lot of alumni that are pulling for you know, their schools or whatever. And I think it's a big thing for the community too. You know, the community needs this and, and hopefully we can, we can bring out a lot of alumni and a lot of community coming and, and view and, and actually support both of these teams uh, while they, while they compete. That's great. Fantastic. I'm going to shift gears a little bit, Sam. I want to talk uh, for the people that don't know Jamal's accomplishments. He's played in the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, been a great college player, led the NFL in rushing and all this. And so everybody playing tonight, Jamal, wants to be like you. Everybody. What advice do you have for these young guys trying to come up that are playing middle school, high school ball now on how the best path they can do or what can they do to move forward? Or I guess a better way to say it is what advice would you give yourself now that you know so much more about it? Right. I think nowadays it's all about, you know, notoriety and just trying to get in front of the coaches and be noticed. Um, I just think that a lot of these guys need to realize that, you know what, if if you're good enough and you put in the work, the coaches are going to find you, you know. These schools, they will find you. So, you know, don't worry about that. Don't rush, you know, don't rush the process. Just stick to the process and go through it. You know, a lot of kids are going to different schools, and if they're not on the field or, you know, they're not seeing the potential to play, they're, they're changing schools and, and transferring and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. But, you know, honestly, you know, if, if, if you're good enough and you're putting in the work, these schools, they will find you. So just keep grinding, keep working, and just understand that, hey, look, at the end of the day, 20, 30 years from now, you're going to be talking about, you know, your high school and, the accomplishments and the rivalries and the memories and everything that you put together. So, you know, think about that, you know, and not, and not so much of, you know, what, what I can get out of this and, you know, just putting together those memories. I think that's the biggest thing to, to think about. And cause that's what I think about every time when, you know, somebody talks about high school football, you know, I always talk about Douglas and just the memories and the times that we had, and the players and the camaraderie in the locker room, that's what it's all about. That was awesome, by the way. Fantastic. Garrett needs to cut that up and say it for every high school coach in Georgia just gave uh, Jamal that? an applause there. Yeah. You know, they'll find you, play with your community. That's why this Mays and Douglas game is so important, too. Yeah. Like, make a big deal where you are. Right. Make a big deal where you right. are. Make that a great game. You know, that that's right. what I love to see. Yeah, yeah. You know, being from the inner city, you know, I think a Douglas Mays game it should it 
they, they, they should make this game bigger than it really is. It should be a game that's played every single year, no matter what. It should be almost like a bowl game just because it's so big for the community and it gives so many kids, you know, that's growing up in those areas the same way I grew up, you know, in the Adamsville, Bankhead area, you know, gives them hope, you know, that they can be more than, you know, what what's expected, you know. So this, this, this game is more about setting expectations for the community than anything else. So tomorrow, folks, it will be Mays and Douglas. I think uh, the current mayor, uh, <laughs> Andre Dickens of Atlanta, as a Mays alum, I understand he will be there. Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, who is a Douglas alum, I understand will be, uh, we, we will be there along with a lot of other notable people who attended. But you will be there as well. And uh, Jamal Lewis and AJC Super 11, he was. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. And you don't don't get a lot of them from APS school. That's got to be something still today that you're pretty proud that you earned that distinction during your time at, at Douglas High School. We appreciate you. Oh, spend, yeah. We appreciate you spending some time with us tonight. Always good to catch up with you. And uh, hey, what's that? And I appreciate I appreciate it, Sam. One one thing I want to add is that you know the city of Atlanta. We really need to push a lot of our guys for the college foot I mean, the high school uh, football Hall of Fame too. You know, because we don't really have a lot of guys that get supported and go into this, the, the high school football Hall of Fame. But I think we do have a lot of guys that need to be represented. So I just want to add that. But I appreciate everything. Appreciate you having me on and uh, anytime. All right. All right. Thanks, Jamal. We're going to do that. Thanks so much, Jamal. All right. Now, thank you. That is Jamal Lewis joining Sam and Chris Parker last night. Their inaugural show, the High School Scoreboard Show, their segment, School Days. You can hear that kind of segment, that kind of uh, level of player joining them every week. Uh, Again, couldn't be happier. Sam's going to be back tomorrow, but I wanted to play that for you if you didn't hear it again. Every Friday night, 7 p.m., just across-the-board coverage from everything going on in high school football. Of course, today's a big day out at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You've got Corky Kell with the four games going out there. Sam's going to be um, calling some of those games. And, of course, you can hear all those games right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We'll talk baseball next. The Braves with Corey McCartney. Bring it. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg. Eric Slaughter is filling in for Mr. Crenshaw this morning. He will be back tomorrow. I'm still with that dude. So, um, <laughs> No, no, no. I I've been done with that dude for a while, even before that craziness. I really was, and I got my reasons, but that's all right. Um, we got a guest we got to bring on here. By the way, you you've done a wonderful job, man. This morning, continue to. You've been having fun, having a blast, man. Been looking forward to this. You know, we discussed this. I mean, it was back in June when we discussed the fact that we knew this was coming and that uh, you know I would have to fill in and keep keep the seat warm while Stan gets his his rest on Saturday morning. So yeah. appreciate it and looking forward to it. All right, we well, got to answer your phone right now so I can see what you're doing there. I, I was you you I been dropping you that know. phone? No, you been I, moved... did, I did you first. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that. Yeah. All right, I got somebody in the room with me. <laughs> Here, check this out. Is that a dog? Hey, what's up, little buddy? That's, that's Jesse. How do you keep Jesse quiet? Because 
Jesse knows who's the boss. Jesse's trying. <laughs> no, Jesse's a, she's a she's a great dog. Anyway, we got to switch gears and 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 find out this week because we know what it felt like last week. But this week, now that the Mets series is behind us, got one more left. I want to bring on Corey McCartney from the Diamond. This is show he does every Sunday with uh, Grant McCauley right here at five o'clock on Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game. All right, man. Your thoughts on what these guys did, or is it kind of a push at this point? We did to them what they did to us on. Uh, with a home field advantage. Well, I think the thing with this Mets and good morning, by the way, uh, the thing with the Mets team is, can you beat DeGrom and can you beat Scherzer in games in which they start? Uh, they obviously, yeah. you know, took down one of those. And that, I think that's the big thing with them because chances are you're, you're not seeing Taiwan Walker in a postseason situation. You're not going to, you, you know, you may not even see Carlos Carrasco, Chris Bassett's been their third best pitcher. So can you win those games started by those two? They nearly beat Scherzer. And they nearly they did beat Degrom, so uh, you know obviously you know, a big momentum shift in that way. But um, you know what it takes to beat those guys, and at least you know three out of four. They made things really interesting as we head down uh, you know the stretch and going into September. And it's real fortunate. It doesn't look like we're going to um, go up against Verlander while Houston's in town. So again, this is all just sort of beating the guys you you know you're supposed to beat, and and everything is projected. To, now hopefully people will take care of the mess. We don't have to worry about that last series of the year, but. Um, as things are, are playing out, are you confident that this team can make up the ground, or is it going to be one of those where it's sort of a wait and see because the Mets don't just don't seem to be going away? I think it's definitely that. I mean, if you go on, uh, you know, opponents remaining opponents' strength of schedule, uh, there's only two teams that have an easier path the rest of the way than the Mets do, and that's the Cardinals and the the Mariners. So the Mets still got to play the Nationals six times or the Pirates seven times. I mean, they pay the A's, the, you know, the Rockies, the, they got five against the Mariners, the Cubs. Um, the, the Braves have, you know, uh, some easy games as well, but their slate is not nearly as easy as the Mets is. So they're going to definitely need some help from some teams that may not necessarily, you know, jump off the page as ones that can help them, which puts even more of an emphasis if things stay tight. Uh, when we get to that September 30th series at Truist Park. I realize this is a slippery slope, and, and you got to watch what you say, but this is me, and I'm going to just say it right now. i got no problem with of a decision that's been made by the organization to move on from Ozuna, given what just happened this past week, now that we have Robbie Grossman. Not because he's, we, don't, we don't have somebody to fill that spot, but we do. You got somebody there right now. No, 20 home runs aren't going to come out of Robbie Grossman. But what you have is a better fielder and a guy, when he's at the plate, knows how to work the count a lot better than Azuna. And, you know, you got you got to wonder if they've kind of washed their hands to the, the couple headaches that he's given the organization over the last few years. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean obviously, you know, there's still $41 million on the table. You've got options for $16 million for each of the next year, uh, next two years. There's a buyout after that, you know, to hit a million dollars uh, if they don't pick up an option. So um, there's certainly the, the monetary aspect of it. But, you know, I think both from – you know, the image that the team wants to portray and a guy with a track record now, uh, you know, of putting himself and not the team first and, and just, you know, making some, some costly decisions here. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, the, the production it hasn't been nearly what it was since 2020, uh, but it's certainly more, it's about more than just the fact that the guy has been able to hit, uh, you know, uh, since he's come out of that pandemic shortened season. So, um, yeah, certainly it's a, it, it is a difficult situation, I think, for everybody involved. But, you know, I think, you know, ultimately, you know, what do you want your team to represent? And I think I was stunned that he even came back this past season. I figured that was just something that this team, right. where they were headed with the core that they had, didn't want to, you know, be uh, associated with. He came back and had, you know, was given another chance. And now we see where that's led. 
So, Corey, uh, last night at the Diamond, I mean, on the Diamond at Truist Park, Kyle Wright, after having a week off, comes out, throws a quality start, six innings, only gives up two earned runs, now tied for the Major League League with 15 wins. Should we start considering putting his name in the category for some postseason accolades? I don't know, but I would say it's, it's to that degree. I think he's a very solid pitcher. I think, you know, certainly he, he's a – I'm putting him a step below Max Fried, and I don't think that's, you know, blasphemy saying so. But uh, I think he's become the top five pick that he was expected to be when he was you know, taken out of Vanderbilt. I think it's been a long road to get there. Uh, I think the, the thing with Kyle Wright and the story of Kyle Wright is that we realize that it doesn't come so easy for some of these guys. Um, it takes time. It takes adjustments. It takes – you know, going down to, to AAA and, and finding yourself again. And I, while this was kind of, you know, symbolic of what he was able to do in last year's World Series, the, the outing he had last night against the Astros, um, he told me this process actually began that previous July when he was in Gwinnett. And he went back and watched video of himself when he was at Vanderbilt and, you know, found himself again with that curveball. And that's been his most destructive pitch this season. So I think this has been a, a real growing year for him. He's been, you know, a, one of the, the elite uh, pitchers in baseball this season. And I think the Braves had to be really happy because, you know, there had been some questions on the back end of that rotation. When you solidified things with Kyle Wright, I think it's made them that much better, you know, across the, the, you know, the stretch of that rotation because he's been so effective. That is Corey McCartney from the Diamond is the Show. You can hear him on every Sunday with Grant McCauley, 5 o'clock right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. And he's just an incredible Little League manager too. So we'll hear we'll hear the exploits of his kids' whoa, team whoa, whoa, here. Not not little league travel ball. Okay, Tra- I don't know. What that, that, that's a step okay. up, baby. That's Sorry, a step man. up. Sorry, man. I don't know what the things is. Yeah, yeah okay. See, travel I got to school him for you, Corey. Yeah. All I know right. is he got to reach in his pocket to pay for that. Little league ain't got to do that for. So <laughs> travel teams, well, they, you, you they pay get a little bit, just not as much. <laughs> All right. Explain how this is going to happen to me, or at least what your thoughts are, because as this last week has played out. Alex Anthopoulos has got a, a, a nugget in his now negotiating arsenal that he didn't have in Vaughn Grissom when it comes to at the end of the season. they got to consider what to do with Dansby. And, of course, by extension, Ozzie Albies. I can't remember if he's got one more year or two more years on his current contract. But the point is, you've got a middle infielder who stepped in and has done things that, while people thought he was a great, going to be a, a, a eventual very good player, he has shown right out of the box that he's major league ready. And what does that mean for players whose contracts are coming up as far as those two middle infielders? Yeah, so you've got Ozzy Albies under contract through 2027. So he's got two option years at $7 million apiece for 26 and 27. So Ozzy Albies, I mean, it would be a stunning to see not see him in a Braves uniform uh, until at least through the 2027 season. But okay. um, obviously, Danzy Swanson is going to be a free agent after this season. Um, uh, Anthopoulos was asked about it during the Michael Harris a second uh, press conference, and he kind of just came and he, he, you know, qualified it. He said, "I'm going to give my standard answer here. We'd love to keep all these players." Um, there had been some discussions, uh, some reports that there are contract negotiations going on between Dansby Swanson and the Braves. Uh, I, I'm not sure what you know what the Ozuna situation kind of you know clouds things a little bit. I doubt you really want to. If there is something close, I doubt you want to go have a press conference now because I don't think Anthopoulos wants to be in front of reporters right now because the Ozuna questions are going to be all over the place on top of whatever he's actually there to talk about. Um, but certainly Vaughn Grissom, you know, has been really, really good, uh, but it's been a really small sample size. And so 
you know, Dansby Swanson, you know, I think this is a guy who, you know, lives, breathes, wants to be Atlanta. Obviously, he has a clothing line wrapped around Atlanta. He's a, you know, a Marietta prospect, uh, product, excuse me. Um, it's going to be interesting, though, because, you know, the, the market value on him puts it around $22, 23000000 million a year. Can you get him at five one ten? I mean, I think that, you know, if they're talking now, I think they're doing so with the, with the understanding that when it goes to the market, the open market, if he wants to take it that far, I think the Braves are going to take a very similar approach to what they have with Freddie Freeman, which is going to be, this is our offer. We don't want to get into a bidding war. So I think that's why you negotiate now. And I think this is going to be fascinating to see if they can get this done, but he's only six weeks away from potentially entering free agency. So, Corey, before we let you go here on Sports Radio 929 Game, I want to turn your attention to the bullpen. Kenley Jansen has looked really sharp in his last couple outings. And, uh, you know, the time off that he had got himself together. Talk to me about what you think he's going to be going going to be for the rest of the season. Is he, is he ready to take us into the playoffs? Yeah, I think it's interesting when you get a Rysel Iglesias because, you know, certainly you've got another guy who has closing experience, but you also have another guy who when you get into high-leverage situations where you're not necessarily – you know, and, and Brian Snicker has said that he only wants to use Jansen if they're if they're tied or in the if they have, have the lead. So you've already kind of set aside the fact that okay, if it's a tight situation and it's not, you know, it, it's a high leverage situation, you don't have to go with Kelly Jansen. You have a right field Glacius. You obviously have AJ Minter. So I think that the the fact that the bullpen has so many other options, it allows you to use you know Jansen in situations that you know really is what he's uh, you know born and bred and, and built for. So I think that's why it makes him so effective now is because he has so much options around him. And certainly, you know, a guy like Iglesias just amps up the, the possibility of what Jansen can do down the stretch. I'm, you know, that dude just makes me bite fingernails off when I see him. I felt that way when he was a Dodger. I'm feeling this way now. But, but he's looked really sharp the last couple I, of hours. Just, I mean, that's cool. But, I mean, if I'm feeling this now, imagine what it's going to be like in, in October. In September, we got them close games, and, and he gets up there and, and, and lays one just flat right over the it's, middle it's, of the plate. It's a good thing you don't have no hair. <sighs> I'm worried. <laughs> Should I not be worried when it comes to postseason time with Kenley Jansen? That's my question. I think if you're okay, if you're okay with post, if you're okay with base runners, because you know as we saw the other night, yeah, I ain't. If he gets on, if he gets on, if the guy gets on against him, they're stealing. I yeah. mean, it just seems the delivery is so slow, so methodical. Um, guys are just taking off. They just take off like crazy against him, and I think that's something you just got to live with. The fact that you know, he has a high strikeout rate, he's gonna you know induce fly balls. Um, you know he's gonna get. I mean, the track record says he gets the job done, but he allows a lot of steals. Yeah, he does. You know, you know. But while we have Corey, you talk about him letting those guys on base. Talk about that heads up fake out play that Vaughn Grissom made the other night when the runner coming in the second faking like he had the ball or lost the ball. That was a really heads up play for a 21 year old. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the thing, I think the, the craziest thing with Vaughn Grissom and Michael Harris, the second too, is the baseball acumen is just so right. advanced. Yep. I mean, obviously, you know, he's scoring from first the other night against the Mets, you know, uh, watching Ron Washington, you know, windmill arm, get you home. is going to help. It's just the fact that these guys have just been, you know, so steady. Uh, I think that's, you know, that to me, that's been the, the craziest thing. I mean, I can't imagine. I, I wasn't making good decisions when I was 21 years old. These guys are doing them in front of 20, yeah, but, tens of thousands of people. But, yeah, and that's the thing. Snitker's saying it. These guys are playing like they're playing in, in, in not the backyard, but out at the playground. They're playing playground baseball where you're doing all kinds of crazy stuff with your friends out there, and they're incorporating that into their major league play. Listen, I'm telling you, it ain't Freddie Freeman level, but if they make a decision to where they put Vaughn Grissom part of a package because they've locked in 
They've locked in Dansby and they've got Ozzy, and of course there's no other spot for him. You're not going to move him to the outfield. Uh, I, people are going to start to walk into traffic if you let this kid go. So they have got to find a way. Luckily, there's an opportunity for a DH situation, but then, you know, do you want him there? You want you want that kind of talent in the everyday lineup. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and I think that's the, that's the tricky situation, right, because you have so many athletic guys that you can find spots for, and it's like you have a hole in the outfield. I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe you know things stored up and, and Ozzy comes back. Maybe you start to get him uh, some reps out there. Just I because you, you just like they saw they did back in the day with Chipper Jones, you've got to find a way to keep a bat in the lineup. And if that's the best way and you want a power bat at DH, that may be the best way for ultimately you find a way for Von Grissom to stay in the lineup. Yeah, I remember that Chipper Jones left field experiment. <laughs> I was about to say, well, how many people I, I do remember that? that. <laughs> dude, I can't remember his name, who they put at third base and they moved Chipper out there. Um, well, I was glad that was over with. Anyway, Corey, listen, uh, keep yourself kind of flexible. If you could, we might have to reach out to you tomorrow. We've already given you a heads up on that, so get some more knowledge. Of course, before, from the Diamond, every Sunday, 5 p.m., right here, Corey McCartney, Grant McCauley, have yourself a big day, man. And where are the, are the kids still off this week or travel team playing somebody? Yeah, we're off this week. I had him doing overhead squats. We're doing all the all my CrossFit workouts. So I'm, tra- I'm building little machines. Travel season starts after Labor Day, sir. All just right, so well, that you know. All right, yeah, that's right. You're you're an ump for it. An ump for that. Stuff. And I still haven't bumped into this guy on the field yet. I don't know what I'm gonna do when the first time I'm at a plate meeting and here comes Corey McCartney with, with the lineup card. I'm gonna say I gotta recuse myself. <laughs> that's right. Corey, have a big day, man. Thanks as always. Thanks, guys. All right. We're going to come back here, wrap up some of the stories from today. It's Eric Slaughter in for Mr. Crenshaw, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. This is how we do Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Sam and Greg, thanking you for having us part of your uh, Saturday morning. I'm thanking you for Mr. Crenshaw. He's not here. Eric Slaughter has been in, filling in for Mr. Crenshaw all morning long, man. Hey, almost hitting the finish line here, man. You've done a wonderful job this morning. You could come into that last turn, doing my little NASCAR right there. Coming yeah. into the last lap, last <laughs> turn. Even though Appreciate you, you, sir. We discovered that you will have to buy us a slab of ribs. Because you still ain't watched The Godfather, but we'll, well see. I'll I'm give you till tomorrow. I'm about, I, regardless if I watch it, I'm buying the ribs and the sides, man. We'll How's see. the cornbread at that place? I don't know. I see. I've been eat, Greg has been eating differently lately. Remember? I've you, been. Well, I've, but doesn't mean you haven't had it before. I've had it before. Well, yeah, it's good. Okay. It's great. That's as a all matter I need. Yeah, I, it's when great. I when I put my butt on my cornbread. And then you don't want yours. I'm gonna I'm go into my life. You gonna eat your cornbread? <laughs> it's a little scene from life. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Corey McCartney just joined us. Of course, you can hear Corey with uh, Grant McCauley. 5 p.m. Sundays here from the Diamond. But I forgot to give him this little uh, baseball nugget. And it happened on this date, which I will be cleaning this out here in a little bit here. But on this day, 1965, Matthews and Aaron. You know what I'm talking about, right, when I say Matthews? Eddie Matthews. There yes, you go. Yes, indeed. And Hank Aaron, who played together from 1954 to 1965, passed Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig for the most home runs by teammates. Now think about that for a second. Now, they – as teammates Matthews at the same Aaron, time or not? Yes, co- yes, 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 yes. By playing together, the years that they played together hit more home runs – 
than Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Wow. When they hit together. And that amount was 772. Is that still the... I don't know. But that's this is the day that Aaron and Matthews passed them. So how many day? I mean, how many years did they pay? Twenty years together? They paid from fifty four to sixty five. Fifty four to so twelve years. Yeah, hmm. that's a lot of home runs in those twelve years. Because Lou Gehrig, you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. um, so that happened on this day. I was going to pass that on to um, <laughs> to, to Corey. Corey, and then also you ever heard of Alvin Dark? No, Alvin Dark was a baseball. He was a uh, you know. Major League Manager, uh, in 67. You think you, you want to talk about Billy Martin. Alvin Dark, on this day, was fired, then rehired, and then fired again. By what franchise? The A's. The Oakland A's. Were they the Philly well, A's I don't back know, then? I don't know if they were the Oakland A's then. Might yeah. have been the Philly A's, just the A's. And um, it didn't stick, but in 1990, on this day, Steinbrenner stepped down as the Yankees owner. How do you step down without selling the team? Ask Eddie DeBartolo that. Ask, Eddie Bartolo was told to. Well, he stepped okay, down. Well, okay, no, see the thing. You don't have to step down. You just have to remove yourself from management duties. What did, You're what did, still Snyder, what did Daniel Snyder just do for the most part or alleged to be doing? I mean, he, it you, happens. You step down from being the CEO of the corporation. You can be the owner and not have any say in what of the day-to-day operations are. Okay, dude, I'm just telling you what they said here. He stepped hmm. down as owner. Now, he had his beef with commissioners and all kinds of other issues, so maybe this, you know. You know, because I guarantee you. He, but he, like 96, said, when, the, when, they, when they started with Jeter and all them boys winning World Series, I, he was back. Oh, I'm sure he was. So, there you go. This is for the people in, you know, folks from Chicago. I throw this one out. On this day, Howard Stern was fired from WLUP, The Loop. In Chi-town. This was before he was a nationally syndicated. He was, he host? was, he was, he was, yeah, he was that. No, he was already Howard Stern at that okay. point. Mm-hmm. But the guy who was considered sort of poor man's Howard Stern, if you will, Steve Dahl was in Chicago. Okay. And Steve Dahl is the guy who was responsible for disco demolition at White Sox Park, where they had to cancel the second game because fans came out there with records and started heaving them and, and like, sticking it. I've heard you tell that story before. Yeah, it's it's a famous, you can't can't tell the history of baseball without mentioning disco demolition that night. But anyway, Stern was booted out of Chi-Town for that, and that was in 93. Uh, Lots of birthdays I'll get to, but I got to start with this one. Happy 89th birthday. Happy 89th birthday to Don King. Wow, what he did for the boxing world, promotions, how he turned it's his not, life it's, around. It's not even that. It's that we're talking about a dude who killed a guy, okay? Right. While that's bad enough, and then turned it around in a way that's just, it makes you shake your head and it's Scooby-Doo. Whereas he, when the first Ali Frazier fight happened, because we know we think of him for putting together, you know, Ali Frazier, Frazier and Foreman, mm-hmm. you know, all those fights, yep. right? Fighting with all the nicknames. He listened to Ali Frazier one in jail. He was locked up for that first one and then became, you know, we talk about the Beatles doing what they did and other people doing it in a short amount of time. That dude started that locomotive that became Don King while he was in jail for the first one. And then the next rest of Ali's fights, you know, between those two. So that was 71. By 74, because he was the promoter for the Thriller yes, in Manila. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. He hit the ground running the day he was released. Wow. 
and became who he became. But anyway, happy 89th the birthday. The Rumble in the Jungle, that was 74. Wow. Thriller in Manila. Uh, the, 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 Rumble in the Jungle, Thriller in Manila. The, the, the story of how he went and, if you want to believe it, got to George Foreman in a bathroom and put 50 grand in front of him and said what he said to get him to agree to fight Frazier. And, and, and then more importantly, the, the story that he showed up with Joe Frazier at the fight and left with George Foreman. Because <laughs> George Foreman knocked him out. Down goes Frazier. Yep, yep, knocked him down. So, yeah, it's, they're going to make a movie about that dude, and that's one of the people who you better get it right. Actually, they made one already. They're going to make another one, though. Yeah, because it's called King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, it's it's only in America. HBO only in America, did it right, with Ving yeah. Rhames, uh-huh. and he won an award for it, and then turned around and gave it to Jack Lemmon. That's crazy. That was the most awkward, just, un, just one of those just things when you watch, it's like, man, why are you doing that? Ving Rhames, Mr. We've got the beef or meat or whatever it is yeah, for Arby's. Arby's, yes. He gave his Ace Award for, for Best Actor or portraying Don King, while he's on stage, called Jack Lemon up to the stage and gave it to him. YouTube it. It's crazy. Um, I want to thank our guest that showed up here today, John Bednarowski, who is now at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. He was headed out there for Corky Kell. want to thank um, Cole Thompson, SI Nation, for joining us. Of course, Corey McCartney, who joined us for a little bit. And just thank you, man, Eric, uh, for filling in for Sam. There's thank gonna you, be there's gonna be a, a number of number more of these as Sam continues to do the uh, high school football show. Listen, this this show last night it's gonna get better and better, and all I've heard so far is last night's show was great. And so again, now that everybody's kind of you know, the, the mechanism has been greased, everything's up and running. They'll fine tune it even more. But every Friday night, 7 p.m., Mr. Crenshaw and Chris Parker giving you the only show that you need to listen to when it comes to high school football in this state. They have got you covered. So, and our man Eric Slaughter here, one of the people who you have fanned out to cover games. Give me the other correspondence. Garrett, you, Day Day. Got Steven, Steven the Gagliano. Stevie G, I always miss Stevie G, and, man. And, and Caleb. Caleb does not Caleb do it too. every week, but Caleb Johnson will be joining us from time to time. See, Caleb has to cover the Braves for us. Sometimes he has to cover some other teams, but Caleb will be joining us from time to time. And then we'll start having some other correspondence. As this year, we're going to have some of our local colleges send us some interns to learn about the business and oh, go out and spend some time really? with us. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to talk to um, Chris Goforth and uh, Harper LaBelle, who will call in the first game here in just a minute. A couple things I didn't mention. I wanted to just get something. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before you mention anything, here you go. As the oh, show winds down, it's time for us to cover some of the things we haven't yet as we flush out some of the small stories we may have missed with Sam and Greg. If I asked you to tell me who the 23rd president of the United States was, could you do that? No. Not me either. Oh, whoa, 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 I think I can. Go ahead. Chester A. Arthur. No. You're thinking of Die Hard. That ain't I was. It. <laughs> uh, okay, that wasn't it. He was the 21st, though, yeah, wasn't he? It was Andrew Johnson, okay. and I mentioned that because he, on this day, declared the end of the Civil War. Wow. So that's one that you want to remember. Ah, the first pilot parachute from an aircraft happened on this day in 1913. It was in France. The White Sox got themselves a new player from the Cleveland Indians on this day, 1915. You ever heard of a guy named Shoeless Joe Jackson? I've heard of him once or twice. That happened on this day. The first U.S. commercial radio station hit the airwaves in 1920, WWJ in Detroit. 
the first airship flight around the world happened. They started off going east on this date, 1990. Here's one that you didn't know about. 1939, the first black bowling league formed. National Bowling Association. I, I, I used to want to be a professional bowler. I used to love the bowl. That is one of those, and I'll call it a competition, not to upset the people who want to go, that's not a sport, it's a competition, whatever. That's one of those that there is no gender associated with when you start a league or game. Men can compete with women, blah, blah, blah. It's one of those few things that can happen. Bowling is one of them. Yeah. Um, and birthdays go out, as I mentioned. Oh, I'm sorry, I messed up. Okay. President Andrew Johnson declared, but he's not the 23rd president. The 23rd president was Benjamin Harrison. I mentioned that because today would have been his birthday. Connie Chung, happy 76th birthday to her. Happy 68th birthday to Al. Well, here, Al Roker. Woo. And I, I want you to think about this. These two people are born on the same day, Al Roker and Quinn Buckner. Well, Quinn Buckner is from basketball. Yeah, College Hall of Famer, yeah. Indiana, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, Quinn is Al Roker the most famous meteorologist of all time? Uh, I didn't say the best. I said the most famous. Well, if you want to say he continued from the guy who was the most famous before then and Willard Scott, yeah. Okay. I'd say that. Um, and happy 48th birthday to Amy Adams. And there you go. Your insignificant information of the day. And who is Amy Adams again? Amy Adams is a very famous actress. Um, American Hustle. You saw her in... Uh, okay, you mentioned this earlier. Trouble with the Curve? Yes. You know the movie with Clint Eastwood? Yes. She was the lead. She was, you know... She played his, his daughter? She played his daughter. That's okay. Amy Adams. I, I figured that might have been one of the movies that you could have, because that was filmed right here. Yes, it was. And and I love that movie. When, you Smoltz know, we, was in that. Yeah. We, when we talk about some of the, our favorite sports movies, that's one of mine. Me being the baseball guy that I am, when he was standing there and... And they were like, did you see it? He's like, I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I just loved it. Clint, Clint, I, that dude was 89 when I got a chance to work with him and Richard Jewell. He's done two projects since then. And he's in one right now having to do with nature and, and, and conservation, I think, something like that. But, so he, he did the one where he was the mule, the mule, right? Yeah, he did mule. And, and then he did one in Mexico. Right. After, no, mule was before Richard Jewell. That was before. It was, was the it? movie before Richard Jewell. Okay. Yeah. Then he did Richard Jewell. And then, but anyway, the dude's still kicking and he's like 92, 91, 92, something like that. Yeah. Let me let you know what's going on here. We have got Mercedes Benz covered today with Corky Kell coming up. We got at one o'clock, you got Brookwood versus Norcross, four o'clock, Walton versus Mill Creek. And at 7 p.m., going to finish things up with Marietta versus Grayson. But the first game is uh, featuring my neighbors. Right around the corner up the block down the street is McEachern. They're taking on North Gwinnett, and the guy's calling that game. Are they ready to have a little quick conversation? No, I'm trying to trying to okay. shoot them up. Well, that's um, it's Chris Goforth and Harper LaBelle. They're out there. So when uh, when Eric gets them, we will uh, talk to him. But, again, want to just thank everybody for a part of the show. Listen, you guys, what, what time did you start your day yesterday getting ready for the high school uh, scoreboard show? I started at about 3.30. I had a phone interview with the Westlake Lions head coach, Coach uh, Rico Zachary. Got that edited and ready so they could be played during the pregame show. Then I came to the station, printed out some uh, bios and my rosters so that I can know exactly who the major players were. I had North Cobb and Westlake. And you did your shout-out to Ackworth. Yeah. North Cobb, they went down to Westlake and pulled out a tough, tough, tough victory over the Westlake Lions. And – um. 
came and did a little homework, talked to both Sam and Chris as I was leaving here, and then I went to my, my school. So it started about 3 o'clock. Okay, shout out to Pickett's Plantation up there in uh, Ackworth. Folks that live in there, they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah, we just, again, I was just waiting to get uh, the thoughts from Chris and, and Harper as they get ready for this broadcast. I'm sure they are getting ready yeah, to. We're here. Oh, I heard that familiar voice of Mr. Goforth. Good morning, sir. What's going on, Greg? I am doing fine. I give. I, I, I want to just give you one assignment to okay. remember, if you will. And I speak for Mr. Crenshaw with this. As you call this game, just as best as possible, remember to call it the biscuits and gravy game. Because <laughs> that's the name we gave it years ago, the first game on that Saturday at the Benz. Well, then it was the Dome. But we call that the biscuits and gravy game because it's the early game. So hey, a couple of years ago, guys, we were already into the what the second quarter. Maybe <laughs> yeah, I know, right? right? We started, started at nine a.m. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Things going until uh, well past midnight. So what's the crowd look like out there, buddy? Uh, folks are starting to uh, starting to gather in. There was a line beginning to form of people. Uh, uh, you know, trying to get in with uh, with tickets outside when I got here about uh, a little over a half an hour ago. And uh, folks are starting to uh, trickle in. I'd say that maybe there's a few more North Gwinnett folks here right now than McEachern, but um, folks beginning to come in and find their seats. And the advice you would give to those who are considering going down to Mercedes-Benz to either tailgate or come down there to support their, their program as far as parking and traffic and all of that, any kind of recommendations you can give to folks? Yeah, I think, uh, Harper, you ran into some issues this morning, right? I'd tell people to take MARTA. That's what I did. <laughs> there was a race this morning, so the police had everything blocked off. It's a lot better right now. Uh, I think it'll only improve, but there were some issues. Uh, I know the north buses that were coming down on 85 had been stopped near the dome because nobody could get in. Uh, you got to wait for this race to finish. I didn't know there was a race today, Chris. I thought you were ready to you know, pull a 10K and then – <laughs> Come on in and, and uh, you know, get a yeah. get a sweat towel and, and, and just start calling ball games. I didn't know you moonlighted as a traffic reporter, but that's, that's pretty, yeah, listen, pretty good well, stuff if I had the, the beat, you, I'd, I'd be the helicopter guy. Got to be multi-talented here at Sports Radio 9290 Game. <laughs> All right, guys, you have a wonderful call. We're going to turn things over to you, of course. That is Chris uh, Goforth and Harper LaBelle. They're going to be calling McEachin versus North Gwinnett. A full day of high school action going on down at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mr. Crenshaw is going to be down there, so you will hear him not only for these calls, today but he'll be back tomorrow morning eric slaughter i can't thank you enough man we've had i've had a wonderful time with you this morning looking forward to working with you tomorrow in your producer capacity for the rest of you have yourself a big day thank you for letting us be a part of your saturday morning this is uh sam and greg we'll be back tomorrow 6 a.m to 10 sports radio 92.9 the game 92.9 the game.com and take us with you on the odyssey app okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.